brightest blessings, beautiful souls, and welcome to Rooted in Source. I am your guide, Eva. Thank you for tuning in with your open heart as I share enchanting encounters with magical guests as well as solo journeys intended to divinely guide you to stay rooted in Source. Today on the podcast, we have Emily Wickle, and she is a cosmic embodiment guide. She is devoted to gently guiding you through somatic practices and alchemy of emotions and just all the goodness (laughs) with, with truly embodying trust in yourself in the universe and that was a big theme in our co-creation i hope that you all enjoy what has been lighting your soul up recently emily the biggest thing um that's been flowing through is teaching others that like everything that they hold is within them so for me like and it's you know something that I experience is as soon as I claim what leadership or what I want to step into it's like the universe sends this infinite amount of lessons to fully ground into it so lately it's just been like where am I not standing in my truth or or where can I create the most impact by tapping more into that authentic self, even when it's uncomfortable and leading that in other people and, and teaching people how to remember their infinite power within. And yeah, the Akashic records are always really big for me lately. Um, and now for eternity. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just been such a incredible ride with, uh, yeah, learning how to tap into that authentic expression and feeling and trusting myself as a channel and thus like being that mirror for other people to trust their own messages that they have flowing through um, that are perfect and unique for them. And, and yeah, they're, they're medicine for the collective. Yeah. How do you tap into that? I feel like you do such a beautiful job of just surrendering into I feel like what our mind deems the unknown. So it's like, you don't know what's going to happen, but yet you just trust in all scenarios. Yeah. So the biggest practice I've actually started using, I learned through Ashe Sindar. She's an incredible feminine business coach um, and a teacher of mine. And she just says, practice saying, I trust to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I'm cooking, like, I trust this is the exact meal I'm supposed to be making. Like, these are the perfect produce. Like, everything I do, I've been in trust. And the angels just tend to show up with numbers recently, too. Um, You know, anytime I get stuck in traffic or when really big things happen, like, I'm misunderstood in, like, a friendship or a conversation. And it's, like, totally not aligning. And it's... um. And it's like, okay, well, I trust, like, 
this person will come back or I will experience the lesson. Like we're both experiencing this lesson and it's, um, yeah, it's just like practicing like I trust or like, um, yeah, just if a client doesn't land or if a client does, just trusting I trust that like I get all the opportunities that I'm supposed to face. And even when it's an opportunity to lean into the trust of the unknown, I trust that that's what's supposed to be happening. Um, with the surrender part, it's like I just will literally, whenever faced with a trigger, a big thing for me lately has just been um, like my body image stories and what we call like my thing, like the thing that gets me out of my power, the story that I tell myself around my body. I'll witness myself, that part of me, that crunchy, sensational part of my system that is feeling that discord. And I'll just be open my palms and I'll breathe deeper and just say like, okay, like I'm open, crack me open. Like I'm ready, flow through me. And I just allow the sensations to move through. But the surrender, really, the biggest part of it is the feeling. It's, yeah, like, I guess it's a two-step process. It's, like, trusting and practicing trusting and getting in my field, getting my field used to hearing the words, like, I trust that this is what I'm doing. I trust that this is what I'm supposed to be creating. I trust the first message that flows through that feels like the highest truth in my system and for who I'm serving. And then the second part is, like, commitment to feeling kind of like what we talked about um, but it's just like commitment to feeling everything and the more you surrender to those heavier sides of yourself those parts of you that you might hide from um, or that I've hidden from myself it's like yeah it's like how can I feel that part of me deeper and in the feeling like when you get yourself to feel like your ability to experience the depths of your emotions equates to your ability to receive abundance. Um, and that's just a code that has really like been trying to land in my system fully. And something else that just flowed through is like, you're never going to be fully embodied because we're ever evolving, like expanding beings. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, I can feel it. Like the depth of feeling is the depth of your ability to, to get that abundance. And then when you feel the abundance expand in your system, your body, you'll begin, your brain will begin to look for the examples of where this feeling is being triggered out into your reality. So you'll start to look for all the ways you're abundant. You're like mm -hmm. letting all these sensations in and then it becomes the cycle and you start to see things like I've already started to see things begin to manifest quicker than I could ever fathom. Um, and there were moments where yeah, like my account went negative. I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to pay this coach um, or whatever. And and it's like, I felt that part of me and I trusted that it'll show up. And I trust that discord. And it's like, okay, I trust my soul desire and I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't a soul desire. And that trust also brought in more influx and everything was able to balance out. Um, but yeah, there's just like that trust it's sweet and painful sometimes. Do you, do you tap in to ask your soul whether to pursue something? Um, I guess this was when you were talking and this idea came up between like discerning when something is showing up because it's not in alignment and you're meant to walk away versus 
continuing to move forward with it. Yeah, it goes back. Yeah, discernment. And what they're saying is it looks different in every moment. So we have what we call a soul desire. And soul desire is like, well, anything you want in your system is meant for you. Like, it's just a matter of letting the desire and your heart lead. So when we try to speed things up, a process up and get out ahead of it, it can create like discord. So it's just like first with the soul desire, what they're saying is like, you'll know in your body because it'll feel the most expansive. So when first using discernment, I usually leave clients to first detach the mind, detach thoughts, detach words, um, trying to analyze or, or understand where it came from and to feel into the body. So like, does the body feel more open or contracted? And as soon as you hop up to the brain, that's the voice of fear. And that's when you know that it's really something not in alignment, when you feel yourself trying to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you feel that expansiveness in the system, that's when it's really for your healing and your learning. Um, But when you start to, you'll notice when your mind starts to use words like, oh, this is what we're supposed to be doing or should be doing, or this is what I've seen other people do, so I need to do it this way. Um, But really, in reality, your soul came here to learn its wholeness, its uniqueness. And that's where that, she, he, it, like, the oneness, like, they, like, are just wanting to feel that expansion. And in that expansion, you call in those fragments of yourself that have chipped away. And that's where you gain the wholeness um, into it, or the way they describe, like, discernment. Mm Do you want to share a moment where you trusted and then what happened because you trusted? Mm. Like what's like one of your like most favorite to think back on? Oh my gosh. So the biggest thing that I chose is, so I moved to Nashville three and a half years ago almost. And I moved here for the music industry. I went to music business school and, you know, started working the industry pretty much immediately, like grinded, just fell into the hustle culture, like worked over a hundred plus hours a week, got what I thought was going to be my dream job and like worked there. I was a marketing coordinator um, in the music industry, working with like major labels, incredible artists. And when I zoomed out, like to an outside bystander, like this was a dream. Like this was a soul desire. Like, how could this not be? It looks so good on paper, but in my system, I was desensitized to art, to creativity. Um, yeah, like it was so, it was such a moment and it made sense to nobody in my life, but I left. I was like, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> like I'm going to figure out how I'm going to serve people with creation in a way that feels more expansive in my body and for the collective and what I felt was really needed in those that surrounded me because I was just surrounded by so many that are desensitized to art um, because it was just like, go to the next thing. It was so fast paced. Uh, So I took the leap and like quit this job. Didn't really have much of a backup plan. Like I just fully, fully trusted that there's something bigger for me. And it like almost moves me to tears because I think of like how afraid I was in that moment. 
and I mean, my parents were so upset, like they were like, so upset, but also they were just like, okay, like, this is your choice, your life. You sure you want to leave this amazing job? You get all these free tickets. Like it looks really pretty on the outside. Um, but in the inside, it was just like the most contracted I had ever felt in my life. And as soon as I remember it was around my birthday, it was like Leo season, which around Lion Gate Portal, it's a very powerful time. Um, this was two years ago that I left the industry um, around Lionsgate Portal. And I left and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to create, but I know it's going to be big. And like, I was just like, source, please work through me. And within six months, I started developing my channel. And I'd always been intuitive, but, and I always had been a seeker of the deep depth. Like, I just always wanted something deeper. I just always wanted to like, feel everybody. Like, it just wasn't enough depth what I was experiencing um, in the industry. So I was like, I know there's something more. And I just stayed open. And I started teaching yoga at the studio here and slowly worked my way in and was a marketing manager. And again, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I'm going to, you know, work my way into the studio. I'm going to make my, I'm going to create my own studio. I'm going to have a yoga studio. And I was definitely denying myself of the freedom I really wanted, which was an online business. But at that time, it was like, okay, this is the next thing. It looks great on the outside. It makes sense. I can make money. I can do what I love every single day and still have like, you know, in the yoga industry as a teacher, something I learned was, you know, and, and this is a limited way of thinking. I no longer feel this way. But at that moment, I was like, well, the only way to create financial freedom in the yoga industry is to own a studio or do trainings. So I was like, I'm going to open a studio because I really want to build a community. And I kept doing that. You know, it was like a snowball. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then I was like, wait, like, I want to start a program. Like, I want to open a business and I want to really trust these gifts. I didn't want to have to deal with a physical property. Um, but I was like, wait, me, like, that imposter syndrome comes in. And I still let her sit on my lap and love on that part of me that feels like, wait, me? But it's like source continues to remind me that through the work that I do with others, I will have that mirror because I see others with such purity and that is my ability to see my own gifts as pure. And so they just kept reminding me to keep showing up, keep showing up. And now I'm phasing out of teaching in a physical studio. I teach a couple classes, but um, mainly I'm working on my business and my program and it hasn't even taken full, full form. I've ran one cycle of it, like one launch, um, but reworked the entire thing and then took like multiple months off. And it was not supposed to be multiple months off. I was like, oh, this will only take a couple months to create. But um, I think we've all, some of us, most of us, if not all of us, have experienced this idea that Source has no strategy, no deadline. It's simply just like show up. And if it wants to flow through, great. If you're sitting in meditation, you might just be sitting in receptivity and and the energy and the code for what's supposed to flow through. But now I'm starting to see more and more things that I show up to it every day. I commit to feeling the depth of each and every day and create from that space of love and of presence and true embodiment. And it's beginning to take form and it's 
the most incredible thing. I've never felt so aligned in my life. And, mm. and it stemmed from this place of like fully, fully trusting the path and trusting that as long as I commit to feeling and commit to letting source flow through me, then there is no other choice but to be the most expanded, abundant, incredible version of myself to serve. Because that's like really what we're here to do. It's like, and when I forget to trust, when I like lean into that old way, that old paradigm, when that part of me comes up to be loved, I'm like, okay, I trust. Mm -hmm. I trust that I'm even supposed to be feeling this. I'm supposed to be feeling this discord, this, oh man, that crunchy sensation that's like, oh, that part of me that doesn't feel like she's going to make it. It's like, come here, sit on my lap. Like, you can trust me. And then it's like through my younger version, trusting this adult version of me, I trust my soul. And then it's just like expanded. Wow. I <laughs> I feel like it all comes back to trust. So that's kind of like the theme today. <laughs> Which is incredible because I this is exactly what I was working on Um I'm actually working on designing a free ebook and a webinar all about trusting your channel mm. um, because I feel like that was a big thing that was missed when I first started channeling. Mm. I went through a whole portal of my authentic voice and am I authentic enough? Like, am I sounding like other people? Do I know what I'm talking about? Will I make sense? And I would write off so many signs and messages from the universe, which was perfect because divine timing, right? But mm -hmm. um, yeah, there were so many times I didn't trust. And it was through that, like show, continuing to show up through it and continuing to connect as deeply as I could to myself and to the other people in my life and my clients and my teachers that I was able to really de define, not even define because it's ever evolving, but um really just start to embody my voice and my expression and trusting that the alignment is the power. Like if you show up and choose alignment, then the, the people will be there. The opportunities will be there. The clients will be there. And when we're in discord or we're not seeing those things show up or we're noticing these same patterns coming up over and over again, we start to get curious around like, okay, where am I out of alignment? Or rather, where can I fully embody alignment even 5% deeper in these other areas? And it's like a ripple effect and it compounds as you become aligned in one area, it becomes easier to align in the next and the next and the next. And then you get more into that embodiment of your trust. So a few things as you were speaking. Um, the first one is, do you have any messages from your soul or the guides? Because you are such a pure channel. I love having conversations with you and connecting because you're like, we'll just be talking and then you'll just say, oh, like the guides are saying this and it just comes right through. And I just, I love it. Like I, I find it so magical. Um, but around... In like in that moment where you thought the having your own yoga studio was was the thing because it felt better than um, being in the music industry, but then it kind it was kind of like that like stepping stone like just to get you into this space, but um, but in the moment it felt like it was 
the thing to do because your mind was able to rationalize, like, I can make money with this. So what messages or, um, yeah, just what messages do you have to share around anyone who might be going through that? Because I know I went through that too, still kind of am. (laughs) Let me feel into it. The first thing they're speaking to is this idea that in this moment, your container, your body, your vessel, Mm -hmm. your field is holding beliefs. And each moment that you do the belief work and you shift your subconscious, it changes the trajectory of the future. So that's why, especially my Akashic Records readings, I can give potential timelines, but I never predict the future because what we do in our embodiment in each and every breath changes everything. So in that moment when I was in full body, yes, for the studio, it was like that belief system that I was living in was that was the most aligned thing. So it's trusting that your body, like as you continue to learn and explore the essence of the self, they're saying witness and be willing to be open and to pivoting. So as soon as something feels unaligned and you know that because of that feeling in the body that we talked about so let's say you're faced with this next step and in that moment it feels perfect it feels aligned it feels like this is your yes right now um you go that way you start taking on that track i was literally um you know talking to investors and seeing like what are my next steps to uh, lease where do i want to go kind of exploring different cities and then there was a moment where things quickly shifted and I was like, wait, my whole system feels contracted. And it doesn't mean I wasted time. They're saying it actually doesn't mean anybody's wasted time. They're wanting me really to express that there is no wasting time here for time is simply an illusion, a tool we can use as humans in this earthly realm. Uh, However, they're saying is each moment is a moment of becoming into your present self. So allowing the body to serve as a guide in that moment where when you detach from thought and you really feel into the system. Now, this might take a moment, they're saying, because there's layers of density. So it may take a moment to get that clear answer in the system. So you might um, be sitting in stillness or movement, breath work. It may take a couple of days, but that's where the trust comes in, trusting that you'll know the exact moment if you're supposed to pivot, that you'll pivot. And they're just saying that you'll feel in the body where the yes is, like you'll feel the opening. And in that moment is when you can pivot and just being open. And they're saying that the system currently that's being reworked and healed through is this idea of the school system in the sense that they're speaking to this idea that um, that we're always put in this box or, you know, a lot of us, me, we're experiencing that like we're supposed to pick a major, right? And this is supposed to be the thing that we focus on for the rest of our life. And we're supposed to know when in reality, we're not meant to live in one system. You know, as you begin to do the belief work and the subconscious beliefs and and really getting into the embodiment of your soul's mission, of course, it's going to change. And the, like the more you choose to evolve, the more that mission is going to evolve. And And even, you know, let me see what else they have to say around that. Yeah, they're even wanting me to use the example of like my program. 
So like with Embodied Soul, it was seven weeks. It was amazing, incredible program. And very quickly, I was like, oh, I'm just going to rework this program and do it a few times. And it was like, no, like this is going to be 13 weeks. You have all these other things now that you've embodied that create a journey for somebody. And if I was to stay attached to the previous channeling um, container I had created, their loud source to flow through me for and co-create with me, um, yeah, it would be a disservice. So it's like I knew in my system, like human Emily was like, well, this is going to take me a lot more time. Like I didn't really have, you know, the human me was like, I don't have the savings. Like not that I do it for financial freedom, but I was still, you know, just opening my business. It was really new. I still have, I still have like a couple side things that I do to have financial stability. So I don't put the pressure on the creation. However, there were those moments where I was like, wait, I wanted to leave my job. I had this plan and they were like, be patient, keep showing up, dedicate to feeling. And it was, um, yeah, they're just really speaking to this idea that as your beliefs change and you fully embody your power, your soul's mission is going to shift and let that be okay. Like, let that be the medicine and your what we move through and use as tools are the very thing that we code to serve our, you know, soul family that we're supposed to serve here in this season that we're in. Wow, that's so beautiful. I love that you brought up the soul mission shift because I... I think I'm like so stuck on this view of or like my perception of some other people in this space where they have clients so they're full time doing their their program or offering services and then they don't need that additional financial support from a more like stable <laughs> um job and so my perception was like oh my gosh like I need to get there where I can just do mine full time and be my own boss and have my own schedule to honor my body more and and just kind of the lifestyle that I want and I feel like I've like slowly like I'm slowly getting there because I used to work full time and like now I have the 30 hour so I get a little bit more of that balance, um, but I'm not at like that end goal. And I think that I'm like stuck on, I feel like I'm so focused on I'm not there. And so I view it as like, it's above me and I'm not bringing, I'm not able to like bring it down to my level so I can like step into it and just like allow it to come. And I'm a generator like you, so I need it to just come to me. Like, I'm not meant to, like, force anything. And I know that, <laughs> but it's like, oh, <laughs> Loki feels me. <laughs> I love it. And I just want you to know that I see and feel you so deeply, especially as a generator. I mean, we were programmed and just hold this and be gentle with yourself. Like, we were programmed to push to reach out to achieve for our whole lives we've witnessed this as a society that's um so heavy in the masculine which is a beautiful thing because sometimes we have to travel so far to one side to really access 
<laughs> that's so perfect. They're like, yes, let's make it <laughs> um, But really a few things that fell through for you that just came through was like, yes, you know, to like wait back and be in the receptivity. And this isn't just like passive. It's more just where in my life can I acknowledge receptivity? So this is the first thing that they're really flowing through for you is this idea that what can you really say thank you to the universe to receiving? Does your partner cook a meal for you or walk the dog for you? Can you say in those moments, oh my gosh, I'm receiving this. Thank you so much. I was exhausted today. You know, like I really am appreciating you doing this. I'm receiving this. And yeah, and it's like trying to be in that receptivity mode as much as possible because that's the the conscious uh, surrendering that we speak to. And, and that's the softening into the, the uh, not having to initiate things. And two things that really came through was this idea of like, okay, so now you're in the receptivity mode. You're acknowledging all the ways you're re- like receiving. And this goes, there's so many different ways we can receive. It's, um, you know, so compliments, people doing acts of service. This is also like anything you receive, channeling, cards, um, receiving content from a course, receiving even this podcast, being in this receptivity mode. It's like, okay, I'm receiving. The next thing is holding the vision. So holding the vision in this sense of they're speaking to this idea of notice when ego attaches to the, yes, like when the ego attaches to the there, it's as if the power is outside of you. So they're just saying getting curious around, they like just mindfulness around the thoughts. Like you don't even have to worry about shifting them yet. Just say, saying to yourself when you notice, it's like, oh, there's that sweet part of me that's trying to get out ahead of it. Come here. And like, I'll literally like pull the energy in to my field. I'll close my eyes and be like, okay, come here. Like, come back here. We're right here. And I'll get it back in the vision back into my body. I've also created a vision practice every single day where I write down my vision, I get clear on why, and it doesn't have to be like super big. It can just be like that day. What's the vision and what is your why around it that day? What does it feel like in your system? Um, What support do you need from source in that? And just getting your body looking for the ways in which your vision's already being created. Like this podcast you've created, uh, a container for incredible human beings to connect and to create massive change. I know, so other than yoga, like what got me into spirituality was a podcast, Your Own Magic with Raquel Mantra and Ali Michelle. Like I met my best friend on that podcast. So you just think of like what you're creating right now, the vision you're holding in this, so expansive for anybody that touches it. Like even the people that may not listen yet, but just see it on your story, there's going to be a day where their pain feels too big. And they're like, oh, wait, I saw Eva had an episode about this. Like, I need to go listen. I had done it so many times. I never listened to, I listened to Euro Magic a couple times, like just pretty religiously, but um, like often, like every week or however often they would release an episode. But then it got to the point where it was like, I would remember that she shared something about body image. And if I had a really tough day with my body, I would go back and listen to an episode and be massively transformed and activated. So it's like this eternal container. 
And we really don't know what's happening with social media, right? Like it can change their new apps and things going on all the time. But a container like a podcast is like, I think it's incredible vision. It's incredible that you're creating it. So it's like, that would be an example of like really feeling the container you're creating with the vision and getting curious around where else you can feel that in your life and what is it that you want to create from this, um, whether whatever offering you want to create or if it's mainly focusing solely on the podcast. Um, yeah, so like letting that be the vision to expand from, but using this as an opportunity to really feel and like the connections you have already with so many people. And then the third thing that came in was how can you honor your body now? So for example... I still have like some side jobs right now to have financial foundation as I build the creation. So I don't put financial pressure on her. Um, so it's just purity service. And like an example would be, I used to drink so much caffeine at work and now I've shifted and I bring this really large, beautiful gallon jug that has like time marks and it seems so simple, but it was just one other way I could honor my channel at work at this other job. It was like, where can I, what conversations am I having at work? If I'm able to have them, like, am I able to practice my coaching or my healing or uh, my intuition? Can I, can I just ask source to send me signs through numbers? And then when I catch the clock or I know you work with numbers, um, you still work with numbers. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. Like they'll show up in like people's um, accounts or like I've had, I had one person come in and withdraw an angel numbers one time and I loved it. I was like, I was seeing angel numbers like all day that day. <laughs> yeah, so things like that. And, and it's almost like a tickle in your cells. They're like, mm-hmm. let us activate your DNA a little deeper here. Um, it's funny because your soul is so sweet. She's like giggling because she's like, it's amazing that we feel as if it's what we're doing. It that's our purpose, but it's mm-hmm. really the the uh, the expression of it. Mm-hmm. So, the job you're currently at, that discord feeling, it's really just an expression of your purpose. It's not the purpose. So it's like, okay, how can I bring my purpose into this? That um, that sweet grace that you offer anybody that comes into your field, that sweetness, that kindness, that innocence, the pure love that you hold. It's like, okay, how can I bring that into work? What do I need to do? Like, what do I need to bring to to have this happen? And when you see those angel numbers feeling into them, letting it be um, messages for you. And also she's saying, don't get too comfortable because like, you're not going to be there for long at all. I love that. <laughs> that makes me so happy. And I've heard that. And then my mind automatically is like, not too long. That equals this time period. (laughs) And then I'm like, not necessarily. (laughs) So, right? Like, but like the mind like wants to always like have this definite answer of this is what we're going to do. And this is how long it's going to take. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what just came through really with that when I feel into it is like, what a beautiful opportunity to trust. So consider that the mind is a tool. It is a beautiful, humbling servant. And 
it just is dependent on what are we feeding it. So knowing this, it's like, what, what are we feeding the brain and the mind? And how can we, instead of like every time time comes up, the story of time, how can you feed your brain with the essence of, well, I trust. Every time the brain is like, well, this time, it's like, well, I trust if that's the time, beautiful. If not, I'm open. And it's like, and it's like letting it be a possibility because if it's showing up in your system, it's a desire and it could happen. If you let your heart lead, like that could very well be the the timeline. And though, know that it could be much quicker. It could take a little bit longer, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, thank you mind for wanting me to be out of here within six months. That would be amazing. Oh my gosh. I can feel my body. How amazing that would be. <laughs> and I'm open and I'm open for a different path or, or for, or if this is what's meant for me, show me what are my next steps and just being in complete devotion to the universe and into that path and, and letting them guide you because we are never on this alone. We are always, always, always divinely guided. And it's just learning one, the best way we receive the information and two, the best way to fully embody and integrate and then you know, create it in our physical realm. Mm, oh, that is so beautiful. And then what was coming through to ask you was, um, can you share like when you first connected with your guides, what that was like for you? Mm. And if you have any specific um, encounters with them that also you just like love to think on that. <laughs> so the very well first I will share like the very first time I had a clairvoyant experience I was really really young well no so I was really when I was really young I was obsessed with death like whenever my dog would pass I would always ask my mom like when I die like at five years old I was like so when I die and I go to heaven or wherever I go, like, will I see bingo again? <laughs> like, I really want to see my dog again. And I would just ask so many questions. And she was just so, like, almost concerned. She was like, you really are curious about this stuff. You're so young. You're supposed to be just playing outside. And that was just the start. I was always, like, just an older soul, my mom said. And then I had this moment. My parents were getting divorced. I was in fifth grade. And... I was the only kid that didn't cry. I wasn't even really upset. My parents were concerned. They were like, Emily, like, we're concerned. You're not, like, processing your emotions as a child, like, learning how to process. They didn't say it like that, obviously. But, you know, in terms that a fifth grader could understand. And I was like, well, I had this vision that you and you guys were going to get back together. You're going to get remarried. And they were, like, concerned. They were like, Emily, like, we're getting a divorce. Like, it's time to accept this. And I was like, no, like. I saw it, like everything down, the whole vision to the backyard of the house that my dad hadn't even bought yet. And then it was the my eighth grade year, and they ended up the summer before my freshman year of high school got remarried. And I remember to each other. So I remember my dad was looking for houses, and we had found this house, and I had been in the backyard house. I've been here before. It was all these moments of these messages coming through, and I got kind of freaked out. So I shot it off, which oftentimes happens, especially with children. Um, it can feel kind of scary, but, you know, I always had an imaginary friend. And anyways, it was like I started teaching yoga and experiencing more and more of something like 
outside. Like I would land a pose and feel as if like source was supporting me, like it, but I didn't know how to name it or mm-hmm. understand it. And then January, 2020, me and my best friend, Sarah had an insane telepathic experience where um, our souls were literally above our bodies having a telepathic conversation. And after that, I was like, I have to explore this. Like, what is going on in my body? Like, I was feeling high highs, low lows, um, pretty big emotional and energetic drain because I just didn't know how to properly connect. So I kept doing these sound baths and would experience past lives. Um, and, you know, I, I never knew how to connect with a, a decipher between all the energies I was experiencing. So I came across Brie Melanson's psychic boot camp through um, your own magic and my best friend Sarah showed me Brie and I was like, and that's actually how I met you, Eva. So it's like amazing, this program. And I did the light keeper meditation and I met my gatekeeper who I now refer to as a keeper of light. She is this, she like kind of boundary, she's like the protector of this egg shape aura around me of light. And it was the funniest time connecting in with her actually because she came through immediately. She's this beautiful, like long brown hair. She's kind of like this fairy essence, like tall. She's just like really an amazing human being of light, like guy. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like she was, she always laughs whenever she's literally like laughing because I try to identify her and she's like, we're just not doing that. <laughs> um, I'm like, okay. But it was incredible because after connecting with her, and setting all these boundaries and starting to really clear my channel, which looked like grounding practices for eternity, pretty much. Like I just like ground, 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 ground. And that's when I struggled to really trust what was coming through. But um, with her, it was incredible because then I was teaching yoga and this girl came into my class who's actually one of my best friends here in Nashville And she looked just like my keeper of light, like the exact form. And I remember being so taken back. I was like, I feel like I've known you. I know this is crazy, but like, you're literally the human form of my spirit. (laughs) And it was like, in that moment, I was like, okay, I trust. Like, this is not, like, I can't even make this up. Um, And it was one of the most incredible experiences. But in the beginning, I will tell you, when I first started connecting, I didn't fully trust my expression of it. So I would withhold and I wouldn't lean in or I just wouldn't connect in for a little bit because I was like, mm-hmm. nothing's coming. And in reality, it was because I wasn't fully trusting the messages that had already flowed through. So they were like, mm-hmm. okay, trust what flows through and express, and then we'll give you bite-sized pieces more and more because truth can feel really dense to somebody who hasn't fully embodied these spiritual practices I haven't fully embodied even like the essence of we are one energetic form um so it just took a second but it was so like that that moment when I met her name's Julia when I met her in real life and then we ended up creating a meditation together she does music she's amazing and that was like one of my most mind-blowing experiences as a channel and then I led her Julia was took one of my breath works and it was like she 
saw my gatekeeper and like was reminded that she was the universe in form and like felt it unlock in her body and it was just like things like that was just like happening all the time and it's just yeah, yeah I I feel like that was the greatest gift for my healing because I was doing so much shadow work and I didn't feel as if I had support outside like just source energy and it was like wasn't until I started tapping into my guides that I felt like I could really make it through anything and that's the trust right Mm -hmm. like any shadow that's brought to the surface I trust it's for my healing and I trust that when it feels too heavy for me to carry that I'm supported and even when it's not too heavy to carry, I'm supported. Yeah. I would love to hear like a funny story or sweet or tender story of you and your journey with connecting mm-hmm. with your guides. Because I know we've, you know, done practice reading since like pretty much the beginning. So I would love, love, love to hear. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you got my telepathic message because <laughs> I was writing this down and then I was like, I wouldn't, I was like, I was thinking about maybe I should have Emily ask me a question and then <laughs> you came through with that. <laughs> Not even surprised. <laughs> Um, yeah, telepathy is something I've been, like, really, I I haven't really been, like, necessarily working on it, but it's been coming through really strong. Um, but okay, so with my guides, um, we have a relationship guide and his name is Alan and I love him so much. One of the first, um, one of the first times that he came through, we were at this diner late at night with one of my friends and my boyfriend. And back at that time, it was, um, like my boyfriend and I were together, but, I had a lot of resistance toward the relationship because a lot of energy that was like around us and around him, we've had many past lives and um, we've always struggled to be together for one reason or another. And then in this life, we're finally able to do that. But one of our guides, so we knew about Alan and we're sitting at this diner and the um so my friend had gone to that diner many times so i actually she used to work at that diner so she knew the staff there and the one guy who was um i think he was just like working in the kitchen he stopped to say hi to us because he knew her and he was so excited to see her again and he turned to us don't bite the cables. He's a chewer. <laughs> oh, um, so, so he stopped to say hi, and I'm trying to recall what exactly he had done. Oh, so he saw us sitting next to each other, and at first he asked if I was his wife. Like, never met us before. 
and he just like asked that and then um when we were I think like we were like holding hands the next time he stopped by and he just uh and I turned away to look because there was like an ambulance or something outside so there are all these lights flashing so I'm like looking through the window and we're holding hands and and then in the reflection of the window, I see him and he's giving my boyfriend like two thumbs up that we're holding hands and he walked away and and we were talking about it later and we were like, that had to be Alan like coming through him because he like never met us, but like he was so supportive of us being together. So yeah, that's like, I think one of my favorite moments where guides just come through and like speak to through other people and I think that that's so like that's amazing that they can do that because they're showing up in the physical for us and then they help us like trust even more yeah and it's like those sweet moments that are like I find it in those moments where we've really just let go. Like, it's not like you're expecting anything at this yeah. point, you know? And it's like, wow, something that blew my mind more than I could even imagine. And I love the idea of having a guide for relationships. Like, I just think that's mm. so incredible to allow something to be a container and a service, like a guide to guide you both. I would love to hear more about, like, how he works through you guys and your relationship. I just think that's incredible. Um, yeah, so he, um, my boyfriend channeled him, he came through and he, oh my God, I love him so much. Like I, I don't want to like have favorites, but his energy really vibes with me. Cause I don't know if it's like fairy energy, but he has just such a like playful energy to him and side story sometimes when he channels guides like we'll have him connect and then um I ask questions and then he channels a lot of the time his tone changes and it's very serious and then the guy the energy of the guides feels so serious to me and I sit there and I'm like well I really appreciate you guys connecting but like why are you all so serious and now what I do is like if I if I'm like not in the mood for like serious guides I I ask for like someone a little more playful and light to come through and it's always always Alan who comes through (laughs) whenever I ask for that um (laughs) and I can tell because um my boyfriend's voice like it's a very specific voice and like way he talks So I know, like, it's Alan coming through. Um, But, yeah, he just was, like, he was there to support in the beginning. Um, My boyfriend was channeling, and I was asking, like, about our relationship and asking, like, why I was feeling so much resistance when, like, he – when I have this amazing human that, like, truly loves me for me and – never like asks really like anything of me just like lets me be and has so much genuine love and is so caring and and like and treats everyone with respect and love and kindness 
Um, and I was confused, like, why, why I, I couldn't, why I wasn't drawn to that. Um, there was, like, so many um, components to it. Like, I was still kind of releasing and healing from a past relationship. And then, um, and then, like I said, all, like, there was, like, past life energy involved, too. So, um, so yeah, he, we would, like, call him in and speak to him. And then um, here where we live, there's a street that's literally Allen Boulevard. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, hi, Allen. And I just, like, I love it. <laughs> wow. I can feel his purity. Like, there's just such a playfulness about him. And it was interesting because there's a question that popped in if you're open. Absolutely. So with the theme of being trust, like trusting yourself, your relationship, was there ever a moment where you really questioned not even maybe like a situation or, or something mm-hmm. in your relationship or even, you know, even in your current situation where you were talking about shifting into more of your soul's purpose where you were able to lean on a guide? I would love to hear about what that was like for mm-hmm. you or or if there's any blocks you experience around it. So you're asking about like how I've been able to step step into trust um, through a guide, like with yeah. a guide. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like they always come through so strongly when someone else is is giving me a reading, like the other person usually says like oh my gosh you have like this whole team with you they're there and I have not met like every single one of them I've just like they come through whenever um I feel like I work with a lot of animal spirits usually and then I know I have like some ancestors and past loved ones from this life that show up um those I have felt Oh my gosh, I have this beautiful um, this beautiful moment that's coming through to share is with my grandpa. So I was in the car driving to go meet up a friend and and I just like felt chills and um, usually that means like it's like some sort of like confirmation um, and in that moment, I was like, whoa, like, someone's here. Like, I, I knew there was, like, a presence. Um, and and I'm usually not – I've only been able to pick up on presences, like, at certain times. I don't, I don't pick up on it all the time. So it really stood out to me. And, and, I, and then I was like – who's here and I immediately thought of my grandfather and I was really close to him in like this physical plane because he like growing up he would be like watching me over the summers and we would spend a lot of time and then like I taught him English like he had these like note cards and he would like practice with me um but yeah him wow I I feel like he's coming through right now as as I'm talking with him and he yeah he just showed up in the car and then I felt um I I physically teared up because it was like wow like thank you for 
for still being here with me and for supporting me. Um, I have a very different view on death than what how I viewed it before. And I love that you were sharing that that was something that intrigued you from when you were young. Um, there's an amazing podcast episode. I'll make sure to link it and send it to you. Um, and it's like these Mayan elders and they talk about death and they have like a translator who like, uh, who translates between the podcast hosts and, and them. Um, and they talk about like their views on death and they have such a beautiful, like expansive perspective on it. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, that one I'll definitely share. Um, but yeah, death, I just, uh, I view as like you shed your physical body and, um, you either kind of hang around here and support or you go back home and then, um, and then you reincarnate whenever you decide, but it's beautiful because I think it's, it's not like that person is like gone because really it it's their like soul essence that is them so knowing that that lives on I think brings me so much peace of mind mm. and um and I find that when people come like because in my line of work sometimes people come in and say like my mom passed away or and I still um I still say like, oh, I'm sorry, but I found myself the other day kind of thinking, why do we, why do we say like, I'm sorry? And I guess it, it was like, I do understand like that person goes through a grieving process and everything. And I don't want to take away from that. But at the same time, I'm, I kind of was like, well, but we should be like celebrating that person's life versus like a more of like a mourning. So that perspective kind of comes up and it's kind of a challenge for me to like fully be like, Oh, my condolences to someone else because of how I view like what I know, you know, but I know not everyone is aware of that. So then obviously I can't be like, well, um, and I don't want them to think I'm being insensitive either because that's not the space I'm coming from. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh, that really resonates. I feel like my perspective on death has shifted immensely and again comes back to like that trust. It's like mm. when I truly feel as if when, you know, someone's human life is completed here, they have completed and closed a contract. Um, with their soul and it's like they'll just come back and you know sometimes also like the way my guides explain it it's like this idea that you know for my soul at least they explain it that you know I experience more of my challenging lives here on earth to learn these lessons and then I'll go to mm -hmm. different plants and live different lifetimes or different you know inner earth and have maybe a life of more ease and it's just like this idea of our souls learning our wholeness always and they're never actually dead however you know with any system it's so incredible this is just another reason another example they're saying that you're holding this vision like this higher perspective around even grieving the death of somebody 
and you just holding that resonance is going to be that activation in in the people Mm. and trusting that trusting that your energy is enough that you can still say my condolences because there's that part of them that's grieving and that part of you that would probably grieve too you know if somebody passed in this lifetime maybe who knows right until we're faced with that you know in the present and it's like yeah just trust it it's like oh wow again what you said I thought was so beautiful like the celebration and it's like Mm -hmm. wow they completed a soul contract like they may have you know passed this earth body or left this earth body in a way that felt incomplete maybe you know and is it ever incomplete like everything is for a divine reason and I just Mm. I love what you said about even your grandfather and how that's drastic like that's shifted like you can feel his soul's essence even here when you said that my whole body lit up with chills it was like (laughs) and that's the trust that's trusting your channel it's like oh I trust he's never gonna be gone I will always feel his essence and his soul and like that is such a gift because holding that perspective around death like so boundless from that state Mm -hmm. if it's like if we're all here to do a purpose and we're all living in divine trust and we're processing and feeling our emotions um, yeah it's just trusting that path and I just loved what you said on the perspective of death shifting because I completely completely agree and have had that same experience even experiencing death of a loved one Mm -hmm. where I felt so okay I mean I was in so much impact like I was grieving however there was a large part of me that was like I trust that this is exactly like this was their mission and I can still connect to them. I can still mm-hmm. feel them maybe even more than I felt them when they were here because now they're just in the collective source energy. They're their purest form um, beyond the form. Even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyond the form. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh That's my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. We went like on such a. Di- I had a few things jotted down, but we went to like such a different path, which is totally okay because I trust. I, I trust. That trust, is, trust. I trust. And it's incredible. Yeah, that is it, right? Because it's still like there's still this theme of trust being woven in. It's mm-hmm. like, are you? Can you trust your channel? Will you lean into your channel when faced of all waves? When you're faced with questioning your purpose? When you're faced with a death? When you're faced with receiving from all these different types of energies and you haven't connected with all of them, will you still trust what flows through and be open to something new um, or something you've experienced before? Will you trust your relationship? Will you trust that the magical being at the diner was Alan with his thumbs up? (laughs) You know, it's all just this theme of this web of trust, right? Yes. Mm. Okay, so this one... (laughs) I can, okay, so what alignment practices do you currently do that allow you to tap into more of that trust? Mm. The first thing, so strong morning routine has changed my life. Even on my mornings where my work starts at 4.30 a.m., like I will wake up at 3, which is literally in the middle of the night. And I'll do these practices. They work. I assure you, I've been doing them for quite a bit of time. So three morning pages every morning. And they can look like whatever you want them to look like. They can look like your dreams. They can look like poetry. 
it can look like I can't believe I'm up at 3 a.m. What am I doing? Where, like, why don't I sleep an extra hour like every other normal human being? It can look like whatever you want it to look like. It's kind of like this idea of dumping out the subconscious so that way you're clearing your channel. So that's the first clearing. And then I'll do the vision practice that I talked about. So this is a practice I learned through Shea Sindara, one of my coaches. Um, she's a feminine business and energetics uh, sensuality coach. She's incredible. And she does it where, like, you write your vision. So this can be something you want to manifest today. It can be something, you know, calling in for the month or whatever. And, you know, today, for example, mine was I feel really, really magnetic to my soulmate clients. And I connect with them on whatever platform I feel most called to connect with them on today. And like, that was my vision. And like, another thing I'll write is like, I feel amazing in my body today. And then I'll go into my why and my coach, Ashe describes it as like your selfless why and your selfish why. So connecting to the both sides, the dark desire and the light desire. So I'll put that I really want to be of selfless service from a place of embodied magnetism for the people that I'm activating and that I'm, you know, teaching them how to activate that fire within themselves. And then I'll go into um, just how badly I want to be able to serve my parents and like build a financial foundation to be able to give back to my family. Um, I'll even speak to like wanting to, um, yeah, just do more service, like have more feel more abundance in my system so I can give more. Cause really that's what we're like, what I'm here. It's like, I want to serve people. And then like, I'll have selfish reasons such as like, I want to feel good in my body when I'm being seen, like it feels good to feel good in my system. So that'll be like a selfish why, or like something around, like, I really want to feel financially free and leave this job, you know, whatever the why is selfless and selfish. That's really important. And then you go into your ask. So you ask source what you need. So for example, I'll say, please allow me to be attracted to foods of the highest vibration. Please let the idea for my program come. Please let the channeling come. Um, please work through me today. Please keep me present in my body. And then you'll go into, you'll, I'll write down what is the one thing that could happen today that would get in that way, get in the way, get in the way of my power. Um, so whatever shadow, whether it's, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, or even that part of you that's like, maybe I don't want to do anything today. It's okay. Like just naming it, whatever's taking up that space. And then I'll move my body. So I'll turn on a song and I'll dance and move my body to move the shadow through my body. And it's not pretty <laughs> always like, but it's just like any sort of embodiment movements, dancing, um, to move it through my system and it doesn't take much, just one song, two songs. And then I'll write my affirmations for the day. Um, a couple affirmations that I can anchor it to. So that's like on my like mo mornings where I don't have a ton of stuff um, or a ton of time, I should say. I do those two practices definitely. Um, and then if I have a little bit more time, either in the afternoon or later that day, I'll do yoga, breath work, kind of asking my channel, like, what do you need today? Do you have more physical energy to do yoga or do you need to sleep? Sleep is an incredible way to embody healing because it's the only time our subconscious is really turned off and can heal. So I just ask my body, like, what is it that you need? Whether it's breath work, yoga, um, 
naps are amazing. Midday naps are literally incredible. If like if you have access and you can always find like I'll do it even on my break if I need to in between calls or client sessions I'll take like a little snooze or, um, but yeah those two journaling practices though are like the ways that I get aligned in the morning like wake up from any kind of dream and can shift into alignment for the rest mm. of my day. Mm. Meditation of course yeah. too is a morning practice that I have after the journaling. I'll um, meditate either on a visualization or if there's still some stuckness, I'll ground and connect in and, and ask source to just work on my body today. Mm-hmm. And I'd wow. love to hear some of yours too, by the way, because I love when I get to connect with people and hear and get those like ideas of maybe there's mm-hmm. something I could try on that might mm-hmm. be that surprise for my system and create even more alignment. Yes, I'll, I'll definitely share that. Um, before I share that, though, there was something that came through as you were speaking, if you're open to hearing. Yes, um, yes. Do you, well, first I want to ask, um, when you lay down to take your nap, do you do anything like where you're like setting any like symbols or kind of not necessarily for like protection, but this feels more like for like allowing allowing more integration for you do you do anything specifically already yeah I actually will like open uh, like I'll ground and open up the channel and just say please work through me um Mm -hmm. and sometimes like I won't even intentionally be wanting to take a nap but I'll go into meditation and they'll literally just move my human mind out of the way so they can work on my channel um, because when I drop too much in the ego, they'll just literally like, I'll just doze off and sleep. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do try to ground and open the channel and just say to please work on my channel in this rest. And I'll close my eyes or um, I'll listen to yoga nidra every night too, before I go to bed to put my body in that state of rest and digest and homeostasis and that relaxed, um, that relaxed state before I go into rest. So I'm not bringing in that fight or flight mentality or like Mm -hmm. just the anxiety into bed or into my body. Oh, I love that. It's yoga. What is it? Yoga Nidra. So it's N-I-D-R-A. And it is, it was one of the first ways that I ever meditated. It was incredible. I was in high school when I first did my first yoga Nidra, but what it's called is it's a yogic sleep. And it puts you into stage four REM, a state of hypnosis. And you leave feeling like you've gotten so much deep breaths. It's like it's like the space between the breaths. And I really speak to when I leave it as being the awareness of the body breathing. So you're not the body, you're not the breather, but the awareness of it. Bless yeah, you. yoga nidra. Thank you. <laughs> yoga nidra is an incredible tool, and it puts me right to sleep. As someone who used to struggle with falling asleep, um, I would stay up super late all the time, just laying in bed. And yeah, it's helped drastically. I'll fall asleep within twenty minutes of listening. Mm, okay, that one caught my eye, so I'm gonna have to to try that and see oh my gosh oh I love this I kind of like 
have this vision of like having a community where we're like all doing all these like conscious practices and like maybe you do them like together like maybe you're like doing your own thing but I kind of envision it like somewhere in like Tulum or Bali where it's like really beautiful and tropical and (laughs) oh and hey if that comes through as an image like that's a soul desire to to start you're in that creation too right like you're building this beautiful beautiful container and community of healers and yeah and your ability to call these people into your field it's like a mirror for that power you hold within like mm-hmm. you have so much power to create and i'm just so excited to see you create i would love to just witness oh. be a part of it like sounds incredible Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, um, and the that's at one one well it's at one one one. One hour and eleven minutes, which is amazing. Yeah, and it was just at fifty-five too when oh. I looked up. Um, earlier you were talking and it was one oh one. I love I love angel numbers. They come through. Um, okay, so to answer okay, so the vision that I got as you were speaking about taking naps is using the infinity symbol specifically. So I kind of saw you like laying there and then I saw you um, creating it like right before you, you take your nap. And I don't know, just felt like it was a nice practice to try and see how you feel. If you feel like it helps you integrate more or, um, yeah, it didn't feel like it was like a protection thing. It felt more of like integrating and um, and aiding in your um, in your rest, like like deepening your rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. So my life path number is an eight, and the symbol is infinity. So it's not even surprising that that flowed through. I'm definitely gonna try to use that. Because it's like these modalities all blend together, right? So it's like, um, I'm not even surprised that I definitely, and I just think of like Kundalini, like the snake. Yes. That kind of imagery too. So I definitely will try that on as like a way to, I also look at it as like a way to balance the masculine and feminine and like sleep Mm. to me is so receptive and like vulnerable and surrendered, peaceful. So it's like that balancing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. Um, And then the other thing that you had a question on was what my practices are. So I really want to have a morning routine again. I have been struggling to wake up in the morning. So I like usually barely have time (laughs) to get ready and then leave for work. Um, but something that I do is, um, I do, I do like my morning shield for the day. Um, because when I interact with like so many different people, different energies, I just want to know that like I'm safe and protected. So I do a morning shield. And then after my shower, I have, um, Ooh, sometimes I'll do a, breast massage and open up my heart space which is something I learned from you and Sarah from your lives so I appreciate you guys sharing that um and then um and then I have these oils so I have a prosperity oil that I put on my wrists 
And then I have a power oil that I draw in like wing shape right here, like right below my collarbone. And then I have a um, like a perfume oil that I found at the Renaissance Fair that I really liked. So then I put that one behind my ears and then I just kind of view that as like my like adorning practice with my oils. Um, so I do that and then I usually pick out like my rings and necklaces that I wear for the day. So I do a lot of, I work with a lot of crystals. Um, right now I'm wearing my moonstone and, um, oh, and I can send you where I got this one from. She's actually also from Psychic Bootcamp, Liz. She's so awesome. Um, yes, and then you have my Moldavite. Wow. I, that moonstone was breathtaking. I would love, 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 love. Yeah. To look, look at that sweet little moon on the side. Yes. And then there's one in the back too. Wow. That she engraves. Yes. I love the band and I'm not into, I usually am not into, um, bigger pieces. Oof. One second. It's going to get a little loud or not. Amazing. Oh, I guess they're not going to be that loud. Oh. <laughs> he just he just came in, so they get really excited. <laughs> um, so It's okay. Emily embraces it. Yeah, literally, you never have to worry about dogs again. I feel like when you when you live with a dog, you like have so much more compassion for them because you understand. Literally, and it's just like I'm kind of desensitized to barking. I'm like, oh, they're barking. Like, yeah, and probably. <laughs> I'll do sessions with people and I'll like, I'll feel like, Oh man, like, should I be in the living room? Because if they like start making noises and then I don't want that to disrupt the person from their session. Um, and I do sometimes mute myself. Like if we're like in a session and I'm doing like Reiki or something, um, I'll usually mute myself just to not disrupt them because I don't know like if it will be disruptive, but I've had some people that were like, oh, that doesn't bother me, and they're totally fine. And I'm like, oh, thank you for understanding because I, like, you know, but at the same time, like, it's not like I don't want to, like, yell at them to not bark, you know, and be a dog, which is what they're doing. You know, they're here to be, to just be and be present, and they show that, they mirror that to us all the time. Um, it's amazing even as you were talking it was like that's like an example of like a super aligned client to serve it's like that would be like an example of like calling in somebody specific mm -hmm. like someone who understands my dogs bark on calls like mm -hmm. trusting that too like I don't know that just came through it's like wow you're really facing that alignment especially when those clients that show up and like you're doing those sessions on people and they're just so bliss by your presence even like by the present moment by the offering even when like the dog is barking and like the humanness is showing through it's like mm. the trust it's incredible
incredible. Mm. Yeah. And another thing, I just really want to acknowledge you because it was your sweet soul is giggling. She was like, she says she doesn't have a morning routine, but like you just listed an amazing morning routine. <laughs> like you're so creative, like the way you pick out your jewelry and like the way you put the oil, the breast massage, like everything that you do is, is the routine and it's going to look different mm -hmm. in different seasons. Right. So yeah. in the season, maybe this is what lands and then there are going to be seasons where you might have a little extra time and space, but it's like letting this be perfect as it is. And trusting that this is the exact routine that you're supposed to be experiencing in this time. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think I, I was getting down on myself because I used to wake up before the sunrise mm -hmm. and then go and sit in a spot where I could see the sunrise and have like a, a meditation and um and honestly it was kind of like a manifestation like vision um with myself where I would just like what do I want to manifest and and um and then I would go on a run so I was like I had this like set practice that I would do and I would listen to podcasts and and learn more and hear and find out about new people and and then follow them um, and learn from them. And um, I think that I probably get down on myself for not having that specific morning routine. So then it seems like my quicker routine that I do now is like not really a routine because I'm not making time for meditation. And even though in the morning I will try to um, most mornings I try to like sit and like, okay, like what are my like mantras for today? Um, what do I want? And then I do my shield and then I get up and, you know, so it depends like what time it is. Um, but sometimes I'm really rushed and then I like get up and I'm like mm -hmm. running around trying to, to get to work on time, which, um, is a struggle because I also operate on fairy time. And that's why like this, um, this podcast, like I give myself the, the space to edit and upload everything like whenever I can get it up. So I don't say like, it's going to get up, it's gonna go up on this day of the week, every single week, because I didn't want to put pressure on myself to have something ready by that time you know um because it was like what if I didn't have a, a guest to speak to and connect with or and I didn't have something that I felt called to share on like a solo cast and I just didn't want to feel that kind of pressure of like oh man like I need to get something up there um, or I've like let myself and like other people down. So I just really like, just let it flow, you know? Yeah. And I just really, really acknowledge you because like, it can be so easy to get trapped in this idea of, wait, it doesn't look the way it did in the past or it isn't looking the way other people are mm -hmm. doing it. And like the flow that you're allowing is such a permission slip to so many people, even like in your life, in your field, to just let it be a creative process and let it flow. Because 
you'll probably have influxes where you're having these creative bursts where you're able to do more, edit more, get more up. Mm -hmm. And then you might have seasons where you can slow down. And like, that's the beauty of the feminine and the Mm -hmm. trust. It's like allowing those waves and letting them be a permission slip to inspire people because you're doing it. And this is the generator and you like, you're doing it in a way that naturally feels really good in your body and Mm -hmm. you're not putting yourself in a box. And I just think that portal alone is such like, yeah, like that is incredible. And the routine you know, I've gone through phases too, where it's like, I had a really good, strong routine. And then those mornings where we wake up and we're like, I have 30 minutes to get ready. I have mm-hmm. a dog, I have a partner, you know, you have all these things. And it's like, okay, sometimes my morning routine might be the five minutes I pick out what jewelry I'm wearing. And this is my creative channeling for the day. And I look for maybe some extra angel numbers while I'm at work, or maybe when mm-hmm. I'm driving to work. And it's like letting it be different because when you're letting the feminine, uh, when you're committing to the feminine and letting in your business too, it's letting it look different every single day and committing to feeling it and just being like, okay, I'm feeling it. it looks a little different than I'd like to today. I'm feeling that part of me that wants it to look a certain type of way. And I'm reminding myself, I don't need to be perfect because we're no longer claiming a reality where perfectionism is what we value. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that's all you. Like, you're creating that code. Like, you're impacting so many people just by letting yourself create the podcast, just by letting yourself create your mornings the way that you are. It's incredible. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Do you have anything else that you feel called to share? Yeah. Yeah, the last final code they want me to speak through is something we've touched on, but they really want me to highlight is this idea that commit to feeling and alignment and all that is meant for you will be what shows, you know, and this is something they've been working through me for quite a while now is this idea that what's meant for you will not pass you by. So it's like, there's that that essence of trust, like divine, divine, divine trust in alignment. So trust the body signals, trust what feels most expansive and let that be your guide. Let that be your medicine. And from that space, you'll find the very codes you're supposed to bring to the collective. You're going to find your soul's mission, the embodiment of it. Uh, You're also going to find your community, your partner, like your, your, your soul family is all from that space of alignment. So we're in a time now of society, the collective, what they're speaking to is like we're shifting out of this idea of the people pleasing and the doing compromising for like you know just putting your own values and beliefs aside just to keep somebody in your field or to keep an opportunity in your field or to keep you know whatever it is in your field a city even to keep the form in your field we might shift our alignment and we're now shifting into a time into a paradigm where we now choose alignment and what feels good in our body and then we trust those things that take form um so they're just saying really really lean into what feels good in your body what feels magnetic what feels expansive and it doesn't have to be challenging it can be the path of most ease and just letting yourself be in that system and in that belief and 
and let yourself be completely open to the magic that's going to take form from that space. They really just want me to have that land as like a completion. I'm so, so, so grateful for this container, Eva. Like, Mm -hmm. it felt so good to just be in this with you. Thank you so, so much for thinking of me. And I mean, it took form so quickly. Like, literally, you just sent me a message last week. Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to be um, available so quickly, but I do appreciate it. I'm so happy that it aligned for you. I'm so happy you reached out because, like, it was incredible. I literally had just asked. I really wanted to speak and just connect more with people in a way that was in the essence of co-creation, like something like a podcast or a mm-hmm. live or whatever. And it just felt just as soon as I listened to your message and, and received and read your message, I was like, yes, my whole body lit up like a generator. And it was like <laughs> the flow, like, you know, the idea you received that idea. And then you're like, hey, Mm-hmm. Is there a yes in your body? And I was like, literally, it was the perfect time. And I was mm-hmm. I just so happened to have this this afternoon cleared. So it was like the most aligned moment. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy that we got to co-create and share with one another. And I am so, I like trust, again, with the, the trusting. I trust that everyone who happens to click on this episode is meant to hear the messages and and I also like to send out like um for people to like find you through that because I do feel like that's such a beautiful way to to connect with someone and kind of like have like a little like sneak peek of of what it is like connecting with you because you know you just let everything flow through in the moment um so yeah i i'm like so excited you're incredible thank you i love you thank you (laughs) so so much